Yeah, I, um, just as Jules was praying, I feel like something about tonight feels a bit more intimate, right? Like more just a family kind of getting together and having a conversation. And uh, I feel like God's giving me a word to speak. And I will share it, but uh, yeah, I think there's an intimacy tonight. And I, I intentionally wanted to keep this message short because I want to create space for the Holy Spirit actually in our meeting. And I, I shared last week, um, we had visitors and we had uh, Max's dedication. It was awesome. Uh, I, I prepared, man, for that service and for that sermon. I spent a lot of time in my commentaries. I'm trying to just, I, I've been trying to craft this perfect preach in my mind of what does it look like and what is, how do I do that? Obviously, it's impossible to do that. But, um, and I try my best to feed the flock, right, to give you those who need milk to give you milk and those who need meat to give you meat. And um, I left, I kind of finished preaching last week and, I, and we were going to worship. And I stood there in worship and uh, I felt like God was saying, like, that was a really good word, but you didn't leave any space for me. I was like, what? Oh, well, the Holy Spirit's in the word, obviously, right? Like when you preach, he's in that. But um, I really just felt that this thing of, um, there was too much exegesis not enough experience and uh, my default right is exegesis I have lots of commentaries is what I want to do I spend my time reading books and trying to craft as I said the perfect sermon but I felt like last week I almost felt like I'd prepared this, the whole service too well and you can do that from the sermon to the songs you've got it all figured out and then the Holy Spirit is going well I don't have much space to move at this point and uh, tonight I wanted to create space for him to move. Um, I just felt like also that the prayer meeting was amazing today. Like, I want to encourage you guys, if you haven't been to a prayer meeting for a while, I think they started about half past, right? I mean, they seem to change every week. <laughs> Let's say at half past three, we'll start the prayer meeting. But it really has been incredible. I mean, to, today was an incredible prayer meeting. So I almost want to preach and get out of the way. And then Rosie's going to do some worship. We can see what God wants to do tonight. Okay. Um, I hope that makes sense. But because I'm a preacher, I have to prepare something, right? So, <laughs> and uh, while thinking through today and thinking through uh, just uh, our talks with Matt and Robin in the week, and just I have a lot of meetings in the week as a pastor, and I meet a lot of people. And I'm privileged that people get to share their concerns with me and where they're at. And uh, I love that. I don't take that for granted. I hope that every time I have a meeting with someone, I can say to them afterwards, thank you for sharing that, because sometimes people share hard things with me, and uh, I hope that I can encourage them in the Lord. And tonight, I wanted to encourage us in the Lord, if we are finding ourselves in dark and difficult places, as I'm sure many of us are, uh, I find myself in those places fairly regularly, where there's situations I'm trying to process in church and think through and uh, I think this week is the week that I've had the least sleep in a very long time. Have the kids gone to kids' church? They have. Okay. Didn't announce it. But um, because I'm a thinker and a processor, I try to think through every situation to its every possible conclusion. And I was sending Mike voice notes, voice notes at all hours of the night. He was very gracious. Um, and he ignored me most of the time. <laughs> no, I'm joking. He doesn't. <laughs> But Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, and this is the scripture I've just been thinking through. It says this, um, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off every 
encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with endurance the race set before us. And it says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And I want to um, really dig into verse 2, which is, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Those lines alone, when I went through the week, was like, man, if we just fixed our eyes on Jesus, everything else kind of just fades away. And uh, as I said, I've just been talking to people in these trials and these circumstances, and uh, I want to talk about fixing our eyes on Jesus a little bit. I'm, I'm so off my notes now. Anyway, I've only just started as well. <laughs> But there might be many of you today who are going through stuff and need to actually fix your eyes on Jesus. And often, at the very time that we need to be looking at Him, we're looking everywhere else. It's this interesting thing of like, Jesus, I need to fix my eyes on you, but everything is distracting me. And actually, I did a bit of research, and it's this thing called survival mode. Now, we all joke about it, right? Like, how are you doing, Dil? I'm in survival mode. Which means, like, I'm just hanging on, eh? Like, I'm bare grills at the moment, and I'm making it. But there's something about survival mode which makes us think, like, okay, this thing of, like, survival mode makes us focused. It makes us, like, single-minded, and we're going to survive where we're at. But actually what happens in survival mode is your brain actually starts to shut down. And actually the more, the more stressed you are, the more chaos and the circumstances you face, actually like a dimmer, your brain doesn't go, I need to get lighter to deal with the situation. Your brain actually starts going, I can't focus on anything. And I don't know about you, but when I'm in a place where I can't focus or I'm in survival mode, I literally can't focus on anything. Because I'm, one minute I'm there, and next minute I'm, okay, but, okay, uh, we all know that feeling, Right? Our brain biologically actually starts to shut down. And that's our bodies telling us, I'm in distress. I'm in crisis. I don't know how to deal with this situation. And as I was thinking through this thing of like being exposed to a trauma or a, a, a situation that you can't handle, and your body physically starts to shut down. Now, I've had a hectic week, and I suppose many of us have had hectic weeks. Some of us have got babies. That's just hectic all the time for like months, right? And I feel physically tired, but I don't feel spiritually or mentally tired. I could go to sleep right now quite easily, and I'm praying in the Holy Spirit that I have spiritual sleep right here when you do worship, and then you can wake me up in two hours' time. But spiritually, I feel quite good. Physically, I was pretty much sleeping the whole day on the couch, which was pretty cool as well. And as I thought of this thing of, of, of how our body shut down in a time of crisis, I had to think of something like Romans 8, 9, where, where Romans, it says this. It says, you, however, are controlled not by the flesh, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. Now, we know the context of Romans 8, right? It's talking about living in the Spirit. It's that amazing scripture. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who live according to the Spirit and not the flesh, right? 
the whole first few verses about living in the spirit and defeating the flesh, defeating sin, defeating attitudes that are associated with the flesh and not with the spirit. And so while our weak, broken, self-reliant, self-reliance is fleshly, and sinful flesh impress on us constantly the hopelessness of any given situation that we're in, and won't allow us to focus. Scripture tells us to live by the Spirit, to fix our eyes on Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. When your body is telling you not to focus and I can't focus, your spirit is telling you, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. And not only fix your eyes, but be consistent in fixing your eyes on one thing, which is Jesus. The only solution to any problem. Sleep is not going to solve your problem. It's not going to solve my problem. Only Jesus will. The Spirit is always pointing to Jesus. John 16 says, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. Now, what is all truth in a situation when your life feels like you can't focus and everything's just chaotic? Well, I've told you, the truth is to fix your eyes on Jesus. And sometimes, that feels like the hardest thing to do. <laughs> and I, I thought about that phrase, fix your gaze. We've all heard it, right? And I'm, I'm sure it's very similar to what the, the scriptures are talking about. That thing of fix your gaze. And it's an interesting one, and the definition is this. To look at someone. Okay. To fix your eyes on Jesus. You're not looking at something to solve your problem. Maybe it's money or some other person. It's fix your eyes on someone, being Jesus, who is looking at you without moving your eyes away. Now, when I read that, I actually got a lump in my throat because I was like, sometimes in those situations, we feel like we're trying our best to look at Jesus. We're like, Jesus, I don't know if you're even there. And by definition, the very phrase is, if you're fixing your gaze on Jesus, you're looking into his face and he's looking directly back at you. Well, that should give us some kind of comfort, right? To look into the face of Jesus and to know that despite your circumstances, he is with you. And today, I kind of feel like We're trying to look into the face. We're trying to fix our eyes on Jesus. But maybe we've forgotten what it looks like. Or maybe we've forgotten actually that he cares for you. Often I'll meet with people and the first thing they say in a time of trouble is, I feel like God has forsaken me. <laughs> and you take them to scripture. I will never leave or forsake you. Right? First Peter 5, 7 says this, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And I feel like, honestly, I feel like we're in, what, April? May. 
it's, it's the first of May. Okay, cut me some slack. It's the first of May. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't far off. Yes, you're a tough crowd. Bro. We're in May of 2022. It feels like we're in December of 2024, bro. I promise you, it feels like this year is just insane. I'm like, when, yo, when is Christmas? Yeah. It's like getting the Christmas list. Like, I'm always expecting the shops to put Christmas up because I'm like, this has been an insane year, bro. Like, First year out of COVID, we thought we'd all be like dancing and celebrating. We're all like, this is insane. Like, what's going on? Like, everything is just crashing in still. And the encouragement is to fix our eyes on Jesus. And it feels so simple, right? Like, it's just a simple answer, actually. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. It reminds me of that song when I was a kid. I grew up in church. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. How often do we in a situation think of that and go, what I should be doing is looking into the face of Jesus, full into the face of Jesus. But I tell you what we do, and this is what I do. Instead of gazing at Jesus, Fixing our eyes on Christ, the Christ who died for our sins, who will make a way for us through the valley of the shadow of death. You know what we do? We take a glance at Christ and we gaze at our situation. I do it all the time. Life is so hectic. Jesus, just help me. Okay, yes, bro, how am I going to solve this, bro? How am I going to, oh, Jesus, okay, how am I going to solve this? Haka, how am I going to solve this? Phony, how am I going to solve this? How am I going to solve this? And we sometimes just give a, a quick little lip service to Jesus. A quick little like, ah, he didn't do anything. Is he even real? We've all done it, right? That frustrated question of like, Jesus, when are you going to solve this? When are you going to fix this? And we demand stuff from him because we're just looking at him very quickly and not actually spending time, taking time aside. Sitting in his presence and intentionally fixing our gaze on him. And I think actually we're a generation who are so used to glancing at everything that we've forgotten what it means to just sit and gaze at Christ. Because there's a hundred different solutions to the problem that I can find, but actually there's only one. And if you just took the time. I know for me, if I'm in a situation and I and I get frenzied, and I'm, I'm kind of looking to Jesus. Maybe I'm looking at my, my devotional for five minutes a day, and then I was like, okay, now I'm, I've got to figure this out. Self-reliance, self-righteousness. But if we fix our gaze, and if we train ourselves to sit in the eye of the storm and look directly into the face of Jesus, I believe we will find some kind of rest and hope in whatever our situation is. I promise you I could ask any single person in this congregation to stand up and tell me what they're facing today. And that's just today. And we could get together tomorrow and there would be a whole bunch of new things that you're facing. And we're all facing stuff every single day. And every single day we need to do the same thing. Fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him 
endured death on the cross. And obviously when I, when I refer about gazing at Jesus in the eye of the storm, because we've all been in church for a long time, we think of Peter. <laughs> Peter, that great example of what not to do in a storm. When not to get out of the boat. And I know we must commend Peter's faith for getting out of the boat because he does. But we think of Peter because he, for some time, gazes into the face of Jesus and then gets distracted. And gets overwhelmed by the circumstances of the storm. And I love this scripture because it says, Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water. So, I mean, he literally walked on water. Things are going well. <laughs> right? And came towards Jesus. At this point, we're like celebrating. It's like, yes, Peter. Woo! Then there's that word in the English language, which we never like to hear. You're so good, Mike. But. <laughs> Can I just tweak you on this one area? And so scripture says, then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, came to Jesus. But. When he saw the strength of the wind. When he saw the circumstances he was facing, when he saw the financial problems, the fallout from COVID, the household situation, the sickness that surrounded him, add anything you want into that, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. See, instead of fixing his gaze on Jesus, he gets distracted by the storm around him, and he starts well, but he eventually gets into survival mode. And when you're walking on water, you don't want to get into survival mode, because it just means you become aware of everything going on around you, and you start sinking. And in fact, I think if Peter had gazed again at Christ, he would have overcome that. The consequence of maybe glancing for a short while or taking our eyes off Jesus in those circumstances is that we will inevitably become overwhelmed. Whatever your situation is. The scripture again says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In other words, we fix our eyes on Jesus as he leads us triumphantly. And because he endures the cross, we have the absolute confidence that he not only leads us, but he sees us. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. Or consider Psalm 55. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Those are the ways that we can fix our gaze on Jesus in the middle of a storm. Cast your cares on the Lord. And I think sometimes we, we try to figure out all the, all the cares in our, by ourselves. 
sometimes we do need to sort things out by ourselves. Let me not take any responsibility away from us. We are called cool to bear one another's burdens, but also to carry our own load. There are things and responsibilities we need to do, but all the while while looking and fixing our eyes on Jesus. And remember this. He might not immediately lead you out, but he will lead you in and through your circumstances. Uh, we so often get frustrated and go, Jesus, I need to be out of this by tomorrow. Because <laughs> in this situation, I'm sovereign and I'm telling you what to do. No. Jesus, actually it's like, Jesus, if you just lead me through today, and then when I get up tomorrow, if you just lead me through today, and if I just fix my eyes on you today, I might be in this situation for five years. Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole nother sermon, right? 